Welcome to the uh, Recruiting Guide podcast. This is Richard Davenport of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette and OhogSports.com. I'm uh, excited to uh, welcome David Basil. I, I would kind of give a, a bio of him, but it would take too long. It would be the entire podcast. So we're not going to do that, but we are going to. Uh, I approached him about uh, doing a, a podcast on the Touchdown Club and how he lines up the guests because every August, obviously, he holds a press conference and, and uh, announces the uh, – lineup and it's always very impressive but what what happens behind the scenes to get all that done and that's what while we're bringing on david right now and david thanks so much for agreeing to do this because i'm really excited about doing this yeah, Rich, I appreciate it. Uh, you, obviously, you and I have known each other for a while. And, and uh, you know, it's one of the things I do that I, I spend a lot of time doing. And it's sort of grown from very little. You know, we started with uh, the first meeting. We had 45 people there and had a little bitty room over at the, uh, I can't even remember whether it was a Sheraton or Hilton Inn over there on University near the mall and near the stadium. And now, you know, the other day for Terry Bradshaw, I had standing room only almost 650 people and uh, pretty remarkable remarkable how this thing has grown and and with it comes the challenges of you know the membership wants to see a, a star-studded lineup every year and so the pre- the pressure now has gotten bigger every year to see can I somehow keep up with or equal or top the the previous year so it's it's become challenging especially the last three or four years okay you you announce the lineup in August but go through the process of when you start and how uh, what's all involved in trying to get to that lineup you know, it's funny. We're the only touchdown club in America, I think, that has 15 straight Monday meeting, weekly meetings. And then, of course, you throw in our uh, awards banquet that's held in January, the following January next month. And I think we're the only one that does that. So when I get through with our, our banquet in January, that first, second week, third week in January, I give myself about uh, a month off, two months off. And then in end of February, early March, I, I crank it back up. So I actually start in March. Uh, it worked from March all the way to right up to the announcement date, which is usually the first week in August. That's how long it takes. Just you think about it, you've got 15 weeks to fill and all these speakers have their own agenda, their own calendars. And then you're trying to make it fit with schedules of teams because, you know, built in, we always have. You know, the kickoff is always going to be the head coach of the Razorbacks. That's always the first meeting. And then we'll always have Arkansas State represented. We'll have UCA represented. Uh, we'll also have, you know, our Sportsmanship Award, the St. James Street Award. So you sort of back your way out from those meetings. And Hunter Yurichek is always the the AD is always from Arkansas is invited. So you've got those five, you know, five or six meetings that are staples. And so you sort of start with them. So you make sure you've got their dates when they can be here and they can speak and then you start backing it out from there and then you try to find I always sort of try to find an angle if I could what would be an interesting story what would be who is somebody we've never had who is somebody this club would like do I go NFL do I go college do I do coach do I do broadcaster for example this year I sort of took on a theme of uh, I just happened to look at the dates and thought you know I think it's the 20th anniversary of the seven overtime game what would be the chances of me being able to get Eli Manning and Matt Jones together 
to reminisce about that game. So I start doing that again, working every angle I can of everybody I know who knows them, or of course I know Matt, of course. And so that process takes, you know, several months just to be able to connect, look at the dates because these people are busy too. So yeah, it's, it's, and then all of a sudden you have a no, and then you got to restart back up and then you have somebody say, well, I can do it on this date. And so then it's really almost like a, uh, checkers or chess piece. In other words, you're moving pieces around constantly. And I'll, I'll tell you, Richard, I've actually almost every year, and it happened this year, I'm on the phone right up to the announcement there, the press we have at Simmons Bank, to get all the uh, all the names in. I hate, I hate for it to be that way. It's just the nature of it is trying to hit these home runs, trying to get them plugged in. And, and sort of the other thing I've done, Richard, is I've learned that if, uh, if I let this slip out, any of the speakers, it takes away from the overall impact. And so what I've tried to do over the last 10 years, I don't tell anybody. I don't tell my girlfriend. I don't tell anybody because sure enough, I, the minute I tell somebody, I'll lose that speaker or it gets out and everybody, you know, everybody starts saying, oh, have you heard who's coming? And so I do have to let our sponsor know, but I've, I've really realized that the more you keep it a secret, the more impactful it is when you announce it. How many times have you been almost ready to make the announcement and you've had a last second cancellation or have you? Yeah, no, I know. There's no question. I actually had one. I lost I lost a speaker this year on the last day. Uh, it was but it was a combo speaker. So that was OK. In other words, I already had one speaker lined up. I was going to have a secondary speaker just like I have with Matt uh, Jones and Eli. So that was okay. And I've also, listen, this is no joke. I've been on the phone. Fred Scoffey starts at 10 and I'm on the phone with an agent at 930. And I say, okay, I'll do another $5,000 if that's what it takes to get him. Or it might've been $10,000 to do it. And that's what it takes. And boom, I don't even have the picture in the release. I just, I'm able to announce it at the meeting. And, uh, and then sometimes too, I'll pull the trigger on something that may not work. I know, but I've had a tentative yes and, and come back later, a month later, and go, oh, that speaker ended up saying he couldn't do it at the time we thought he could do it. So it's a juggling act. It's, you know, again, you think about this, just this year, you got Terry Bradshaw and Vern Lundquist and Eli Manning and the great matchup between Houston and Arkansas. You remember the shootout between Andre Ware and Quinn Grove. We got both of them coming in. And so it's, uh, and Lynn Swan. And, and, and then, of course, you know, the other part, like this year, Richard, we had both Cliff Harris. And Drew Pearson going in at the same time. So, you know, we do an award for the Cliff, you know, for Cliff Harris. So I thought, why not, instead of just bringing Cliff back, we bring back his buddy and teammate, Drew Pearson, who went into the Hall of Fame together the same weekend. So those are all just things that make it a little spicier. Of course, you know, one of the biggest ones we did was two years ago. Obviously, we didn't meet last year with COVID. Bobby Petrino, you know, I reached out to Bobby and, you know, at that point, he wasn't coaching. And I said, how would you feel about coming in and, and talking to Arkansas? talking to the people of Arkansas. And I think he realized it was an opportunity for him to get some things off his chest. And I think he trusted me and trusted it wasn't going to be one of those gotcha kind of meetings. And that turned out to be one of the biggest meetings we've ever had just because of, you know, the context of what he shared. I know you won't mention names, but I mean, describe maybe one of the uh, more difficult negotiations. Uh, I'll, I'll give you one this year. I'll give you one this year. Uh, because of COVID, I had a speaker that we were paying big bucks to and had agreed to do it. And then he came in and said, came back to the agent I was dealing with and said, okay, this is, these are the things I need to have on top of what you're already paying me. If I get COVID, you have to take care of all my medical bills that, that are incurred because of COVID. Then you're also going to pay me $25,000 on top of what you're already going to pay me. Won't do any photos unless I see a vaccine card. 
uh, or you're wearing a mask. And I, of course, at this point, I just told the agents that listen, I like this guy. He's a good guy. I get it. His concerns with COVID, but it sounds like to me it'd be better if he just decided not to speak for a while until all this COVID passes, because nobody's going to sign that agreement. You know, nobody's going to agree to do that. You have to be an idiot to do it. So uh, anyway, so you get those kind of situations. One of my favorite stories, Richard, was uh, I can't remember what year it was. It was a great Tom Osborne, and uh, Coach Osborne was on my uh, selection committee for the Brawls Award, and so I knew him that way. And he had retired. It was probably back in. She's 2008, 2009, I can't remember what year it was. But anyway, so we pay up to $25,000, $30,000 for certain speakers now. I don't like doing that, but sometimes that's, that's the only way you can get them. But uh, Coach Osborne back then, I think I'd offered him 4000 bucks plus a ticket to come. Again, this was you know, 15 years ago. 12, 15 years ago, and he, and he shows all, he's on the phone with me. This is the great Tom Osborne, obviously legendary Nebraska coach, you know, three-time national champion, one of the really good guys, and he goes, he said, David, you know, I was, I was really, uh, I'd, I'd really like to get that to, you know, I'd really like to get that to 5,000 if we can. And so, so what am I supposed to say to Tom Mosberg? Coach, you got it. Whatever, whatever you say. But I was thinking to myself, Tom Osborne's squeezing me. He's squeezing me for another grand. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but listen, for a guy like that, it was certainly worth it. But I love those kind of stories where, uh, you know, these guys know that we have sponsors and they know there's value in it. And of course, you know, I don't make a dime. I've never make, made a dime off this club. And we just do it because people here in Central Arkansas enjoy it. You should have seen it this past week with Terry Bradshaw. But, you know, besides the Hogs winning, which made the crowd electric, Terry Bradshaw was unbelievable. You know, he's, he's the his star power was through the roof. And just to see everybody have access to be able to see him in person. You know, we did Q&A for 50 minutes. So that, I get a lot of satisfaction out of people enjoying that. And like I said, we got great sponsors, a, a lot of businesses chipping in, and Simmons Bank being our presenting sponsor. So th that's my reward out of doing it. How was he to deal with? He was super nice. You know, one of the connections to him was through Lowry Barnes, his doctor. And uh, Lowry had done knee replacement on him probably five, six years ago. And so, you know me, I, I start about every year I'll call Lowry. I said, hey, you think Terry would be willing to come speak? And uh, every year I'd ask, he'd ask him and, and Terry would say no. So he finally said yes this time. And, and so did not have a whole lot of interaction with him until he got here, until he was wheels down. So on the way to the hotel, I was just telling, hey, Terry, this is how we're going to do this thing. Are you comfortable doing this? Are you comfortable doing that? He was super nice. Uh, he requested we not do a couple things. And he said, but man, he said, if it's really important to you, I'll do it. But so he was super nice, super nice to everybody. And I'll tell you, Richard, most of the people that we bring in that way. You know, I thought maybe Mike Dicka might be a load to deal with. Super nice. Nicest guys could be. You know, there sometimes you get some quirky guys, but for, for the most part, our track record has been, everybody's been pretty nice. Of course, you know, you always have those sort of interesting stories. I'm not going to tell you who it was. I'll just say it's um, one of the college quarterbacks that uh, <laughs> uh, that has come here. You know, I might not even say that. You know, now that I think about it, it wasn't a quarterback. He was an All-American, though. And uh, so so uh, we were getting our bill at the end of the week. And uh, Kelly Lassane, who was our executive director at the time, saying, wow, this this speaker really enjoyed watching movies. I said, what do you mean by that? So we got a bill at the at the hotel for $35 worth of movies. And I said, well, that's not for $35. That's for one type of movie that you have to pay $35 for. And, of course, charge it to the Touchdown Club. So, uh, as you can imagine, it's, you know, we always don't get those adult uh, adult uh, movie uh, charges to the <laughs> Touchdown Club. But every once in a while, we do. And if we do, we pay for it. So, 
Well, who's maybe another speaker that just, it happened just instantly. It was almost like, wow, that was just too easy to, well, to line I, up. I'll I, I tell you some, uh, yeah, I'll tell you an interesting one. You know, a lot of times, you know, I, I'm the guy who will always try to book guys that have, have are out of coaching. For example, running Ed Orgeron, you know, the year he was out of coaching, he was absolutely fantastic. Matter of fact, his speech still gets, makes the rounds on social media, on YouTube. He was so good. But I tell you, one of the most fascinating guys was Mike Leach. So we got Mike Leach. I guess it was year he got fired after Texas Tech and was out of work. So I brought him in, and he flew in about 11.30. This 11.30 Sunday night. You know, I got to get do the radio show early the next morning. He goes, man, I sure am hungry. Can we get something to eat? So I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, we're in Little Rock. There's nothing open at 12 o'clock. You know, on Sunday night, I said, I said, Coach, we got one place to go. I said, Waffle House. He said, let's go. So we go to Waffle House like at 12 o'clock. Sunday night and he we just dive in and of course he finds out that I know President Clinton and uh, he just starts you know zapping me full of questions and just really fascinating guy with um, just a, a ton of stories but also wanting to hear uh, you know what I brought to the table in the unique kind of stories and so anyway those are the kind of guys to me that are interesting that you're you're not expecting you know I tell you uh, Larry Zonka was another one super nice Larry flew all the way in from Alaska which is, I think it was 20-something hours, I think. And, uh, uh, you know, he, so he had to stay over the next day. But he was super nice, Richard. You know, you got a guy like that who's who's a, you know, Hall of Famer, gold jacket, comes in and flies 20-something hours. And probably, you know, he's making enough money. He doesn't have to do this, but he knows, you know, it's okay. It's good to do for his brand. And he's uh, he's also doing outdoor guide fishing up in Alaska. But he was super nice. You know, that year, if you think about it, we had Larry Zonka, Tutal Jones and me, Joe Green, uh, and Earl Campbell all together. I mean, are you kidding me? Me, Joe Green, Earl Campbell, Larry Zonka, and Tutal Jones all in the same year, all iconic guys, all super nice. You know, it's funny, uh, me, Joe Green asked that he not sign autographs, uh, didn't want to take pictures or sign autographs. He just didn't feel like doing it, which is okay. Well, when Earl Campbell found out about that, you know, I told Earl, I said, Earl, if you don't want to take pictures or sign autographs, you don't have to. And I said, you know, I mentioned some of the ones you've done it. Some of not. He, he goes, what do you mean me and Joe didn't do it? He said, well, if me and Joe didn't do it, I'm going to do it. You tell him I did it. And so here's Earl Campbell. He can barely walk, Richard. He's sitting in his chair over there. We, we have a, like a recliner, you know, like a lazy boy up on stage. And that sucker sits up there and signs every autograph and takes every picture, probably for 30 minutes afterwards so again there's somebody you wonder what he's going to be like you wonder if he'll be nice or you know high maintenance and and he was not you talked about uh, picking up leech from the airport and i know you do that quite a bit and sometimes have i would assume you have dinner with them and chit chat with them before the club uh, who else was some of the more interesting uh guys that you talked to and some of the conversations that you you had uh, you know after you picked them up well, I'll tell you what's interesting about it is that that just so you know, most of these speakers do not want to come in the night before. They they want to get in and get out because, you know, obviously they have schedules too. So what's a challenge is trying to book flights. For example, I got Darren McFadden coming next week. So I offered Darren the opportunity to come in the night before, see family or whatever. He said, man, he said, I just obviously had a, had a baby, another baby. So he's flying in that morning, taking from the airport straight to the hotel. He does his pictures, does his speech, you know, heads back to the airport and goes back to Dallas. And so that's some of the challenge. For example, Terry Bradshaw flew in on his own jet and didn't get here till like 11.05. And so all of our speakers speak uh, on the buzz. 
And so we're rushing to get him in. So we're sort of at the mercy of, of what these guys want to do. So I, I wish we had more of that. Steve Spurrier, we brought him in uh, the night before, and uh, we had a great dinner. We had the Brules family in, and he was talking about his memories of Coach Brules and at Augusta. You know, he was a fascinating guy. And I'll tell you, guys like uh, Marcus Allen and Michael Irvin, who spoke at our uh, at our awards banquet, great dudes. I mean, impactful. You wonder how good they, if they would connect with young people. They really did. And, and then you have a guy like Archie Griffin two-time Heisman Trophy winner. You know, he's an older guy, but man, all those all those young players at our awards banquet locked in because he was a two-time, you know, Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, and then you got a guy like Bill Curry, who is historic in the nature that he played for Vince Lombardi and he, and he played for Bear Bryant and just the stories they can tell. And then you got motivational guys like Herm Edwards, uh, you know, who was outstanding. Uh, Brian Bosworth was another one of those sort of superstar guys that that everybody just were, you know, was wowed by. But he he got choked up and cried during his speech, just, you know, talking about the things he, he went through. So, you know, it's just name after name, person after person, all of them, whether it be, you know, we've had a lot of former Razorbacks that have come through that have spoken uh, and then some who have passed. You know, we've had Howard Schnellenberger, you know, come through Johnny Majors, Pat Dye. We've had a lot of, you know, obviously Coach Brawls is, is deceased now. And so we've had a lot of good ones come in that are no longer here. And that's uh, that's been special. The fact that we were able to get them in here before, you know, they passed. Okay, obviously you tried to get Terry on uh, Terry Bradshaw several times. Who else did you try to get? And, and there's so many times you were told no, but it, when you finally booked them, you did cartwheels. Probably one of the biggest gets, I think, was Ditka. I think that was one that was very – because I'll tell you, Richard, a lot of these guys aren't going to come unless there's a connection. Unless they have an agent that I connect with and the agent will go to bat for me. So getting Ditka was big. I'll tell you, another one was a buddy of mine that I tried for – probably six, seven years, Steve Atwater. And so, you know, Steve was my teammate. And so when I first reached out to Steve, at that time, Steve told me, David, I, I, I don't want to talk about football. I'm moving past that point in my life. I'm in real estate now. I, I want to be known as a businessman. And I said, Steve, I completely get it. Respect that. I said, you know, I hope you know that you can do both of those, that, that you're never going to be able to get away from the, the football part of your life. Uh, but you can also be respected for the other. And so I sort of gave him some space. And over the course of time, we'll circle back, circle back around and say, hey, what do you think, Steve? And, you know, he still be, hey, and it's just don't don't feel it. And finally, last year, two years ago, I asked him, he said, I'll do it. He, he had started doing things for the Broncos. And, you know, obviously now he's in the Hall of Fame. So that was really a cool one that I spent a lot of time to get. I'll think of a few others. I, I tell you, another a great one was Archie Manning. And uh, sort of got him through a, a guy named Keith Ingram, who's, who's personal friends with him. And again, it's hard to have access to those guys unless you know somebody. And then you've got to be able to show that you've got a f structure in place that can get them here. There's a, there's a structure of how they speak. And then what happens too, Richard, is that then you start, you, you have agents or you have these people, the, these speakers that will look and go, let me see who you've had at your place. Oh, you've had Terry Bradshaw. You've had Archie Manning. You have Roger Stallback. You see that, wow, if they've had those kind of guys, I can trust that those people there in Little Rock know what they're doing. We've had Mike Singletary or Mark May or... Danny Warfel, you know, there's so many different ones that we've had, you know, Bill Snyder, Dan Hanton, Houston Nutt, just so many of them that where it makes my job easier in trying to get those guys to consider. I'll tell you another one that was a fun one for me this year was getting Vince Young the week of the Texas game. 
because of, I do the Brewers Award, I reached out to the SID at Texas and, you know, hey, can you connect me with somebody to connect me with, with Vince? And that turned out to be really cool. So, again, it's, it's 17, almost 20 years of doing it. And then it's 25 years of doing the Brewers Award. And you're working every, you know, every angle you can. And sometimes you get them, sometimes you don't. I've been disappointed. I'm not going to tell you somebody I tried this year. Um, I'll tell you this. There's two guys that I've tried to get now for the last two or three years that I didn't get. And uh, it was frustrating. If, if I would have gotten them this year, I would never be able to top this year's lineup in addition to what I already have. They have Terry Bradshaw and Vernon Lundquist and Eli Manning and Lynn Swan and Andre Ware and, and Quinn all, and all these. If I'd have gotten these other two that I had lined up, it would have been by far. I, I never would have topped that. So I didn't get them. And so I know that that's going to happen sometime. And the, the tough thing about it, Richard, is it takes – it takes months for me to get a no. I will wait for literally two to three months to get a no. And you think, you know, I, half the time I just, I would say, just give me a no. I, I'm okay with no, but the, but having to wait for two, three months where I can't book somebody else, that's the big challenge. And so it is frustrating at times because you get a no, and that means you've wasted all that time and you got to circle back around. But that's, that's part of the game. I've done it long enough to I realize that's part of the game. Have you lost anybody because you were waiting on somebody else? And oh, yeah. You, yeah. Yeah, that's happened a couple of times. And it is what it is. You know, sometimes if it's a big enough name, you, you know, you roll the dice and you just know, you just say, hey, I'll put him on the list for next year and go from there. And I, and I keep a running list of, of those that, that I missed maybe a few years ago that I want to try to get. Uh, of course, you then you, you think back, you have those funny moments. Like remember the John L. Smith year where he gets up there and he says, you know, I'm, you know, we're proud of the state, the state of Alabama. And, you know, and I'm up there beside him and <laughs> you see everybody looking around in the, in the audience and people start tweeting. And then I have to lean over to him and said, hey, okay, coach, you said state of Alabama. And he has to correct himself. And you have those kind of things. And you have Paul Feinbaum going after our sponsor, making a crack shot about some of our <laughs> members that are there. And so they're always something interesting. And it's, it's really turned into a great gathering a point, a, a community event and, uh, and a great place to gather for, to talk football. Who had the best personality when you were able to spend one-on-one -on -one time? Guy that just made you laugh. I, I tell you, you know, I, I hate to be most recent, but it, it's hard to beat what Terry Bradshaw did for the fact, Richard, the all the other things he brings to the table. Now, Ditka was a big star. You know, we started asking, who is the biggest star that you've brought to the touchdown club? And we've had, you know, Roger Stahlback and Steve Spurrier and Mike Ditka and Archie Manning. But I don't know if there's ever been, you know, Earl Campbell, Larry. I mean, some of the biggest names to ever play the game. But I'm not sure there's been anybody that has been so dynamic in terms of television, movies, football career, four Super Bowl championships, two MVPs. You know, this year we're going to have two speakers that are two-time Super Bowl MVPs. I mean, you know, both Eli did it twice and, and so did Terry Bradshaw. But I think in terms of just getting up there and wowing people with his personality and super nice to everybody and engaging, I think Bradshaw has set the high mark. Um, I would think I tell you, Mac Jones, super nice. You know, he's always, you know, coach, coach Brawls was great when uh, he was alive. Dan Hampton's always a fun guy that always engages with Houston, not same kind of way. Uh, Bob Stoops was great. You know, you sort of thought Bob Stoops maybe might be a little stuffy. He wasn't super nice, took pictures with everybody. So there really haven't been, thank goodness, 
examples of, of problem speakers. You know, we've had the SEC commissioners, Mike Slive and uh, obviously Greg Sankey. And so, uh, again, we, we've sort of covered all the <laughs> – we had Pat Summerall. We had the great Pat Summerall, you know, after he had struggled with alcoholism. So I think we probably booked 200 to 250 speakers, I think, over the last 17 years, somewhere in that ballpark, I think. Obviously, without mentioning names, is there a guy that uh, you had that uh, you said, boy, I'm not, I don't want that guy again? Well, I will tell you this. Um, I, I learned a lesson, it, it, uh, and it really wasn't a thing I wouldn't have him back. I'd like to have him back, but I think after we had Steve Spurrier in, I decided to change sort of the, the structure of the touchdown club because when, when Coach Spurrier got up there and spoke, he, he gave sort of a, a speech that he would give a Fortune 500 company. And I realized that, man, it, you know, there's so many different directions we could have gone with Spurrier about his career. And so after that meeting, we decided to change it, and, and I've started going with a Q&A format. And so unless a speaker like Vernon Lundquist comes in and he says, hey, I want to do my own thing. Uh, and that was something I look back. I'd like to have Spurrier back and be able to do Q&A with him like I – been able to do with all our speakers yeah, beforehand. You know, just because you can go so many different directions. There's one guy, though, I, there is one guy that I haven't gotten that is now that I'm glad it, it popped in my head. The most frustrating, the most irritating, I'm not giving up. But and it's surprising. You've heard me name all these names, Hall of Famers, you know, all Americans that have not gotten Jerry Jones to speak to the touchdown club. It's the craziest thing that I've not been able to get him. And I've I've tried over the years and just have not been able to make it work. That's that's sort of my that's sort of my target every year is to try to get Jerry. Uh, you think we'd be able to get him with all these names I've mentioned, but for whatever reason we just have not been able to pull it off. And hopefully maybe next year we can. One last question, David, and I thanks thanks so much for your time. Obviously, you, you know President Clinton. You you've encountered the biggest names in sports and a lot of in, in football. Has there been a guest or somebody that you've talked to that even you were kind of like starry eyed? Yeah, you know, I, I've had a chance to meet uh, four presidents and be around four. Pre- I did that through Jennings Osborne, so it was you know Jimmy Carter and of course the new president Clinton. He he was governor when I was playing football, and of course both the Bushes. I met both the Bushes through uh, Jennings, and they didn't they didn't really just blow me away. I tell you, the guy that was really the most interesting is I used to be chairman of the Governor's Council on Physical Fitness here in Arkansas. Well, the the head of the President's Council on Physical Fitness at that time was Arnold Schwarzenegger. So Arnold came in to Little Rock to do a stopover to promote physical fitness. Of course, I was his host. And at that time, he just finished making Terminator 2. And he was one of the biggest stars in the world. And so that was pretty fascinating to me. As I, I remember, we were actually running through the state capitol to get to the elevator because kids were chasing us. <laughs> and I remember thinking, now that is something. I'm running through the state capitol with Arnold Schwarzenegger trying try to get from point A to point B. He did doze off during one of our meetings in the uh, the governor's conference room because he was so exhausted. But I, you know, I remember he said, he, he took his picture with me and I was pretty bowed up back then. I was more fat than I was bowed up. But he said, normally I do not take my pictures with people that are bigger than me. You know, he's got the Arnold Schwarzenegger you know, accent. And uh, so he was sort of a, a larger than life guy. But, you know, it's really I never have been sort of starstruck, starstruck by most of these guys, Richard. I, I appreciate where they are. But I know, too, that they're just like us. This is God bless them with, a, a, you know, a special ability 
maybe athletically and uh but they're just like us in certain ways they have their ups and downs and and so that's what sort of helps me in dealing with them too is they're no different than us they've just been able to achieve some greatness which i have a lot of respect for and it's fun that people like at the touchdown club can see them up close and personal and realize that they're just like everybody else too even though they sure do bring a lot of joy on uh you know saturday nights or uh, sunday afternoons you hit it all out of the park david i thank you so much i really do it because i my last podcast i said you're really going to enjoy my next guest and i think uh people will agree that you were great and uh, you gave well, so, so let, many interesting let, stories let me just say this i say this for the very last i think probably if i had to say the greatest speaker we ever had spoke to us on november 18th 2013 you you know who it was uh maybe it was Richard Davenport, <laughs> <laughs> and you teamed up with Chris Hayes from the Orlando Sentinel. Remember that? Yeah, I do. I do. And you that was back. That was back when we did recruiting, and you were you were you spoke before Barry Foster and Lou Holtz the the following two weeks, and you did a great job. No pressure, no pressure. But hey, you you invited me, and I was honored to do it, and I appreciate you. You're a good friend too. You are. I feel the same way about you, Rich. You do you do a great job, buddy. I appreciate your friendship. Thanks again, David. All right, thanks for listening to the Recruiting Guy uh, podcast. This is Richard Davenport, Arkansas Democrat Gazette, wholehogsports.com. We'll catch you next time.